I guess I'm... <laughs> Log Talk Radio. <laughs> Screw it. Gary Carter, Hall of Famer and former Mets legend. Two and a half million people that were on Broadway cheering for us and celebrating along with us. That's something that was one of the most exhilarating moments in my my life, in my career. Former Mets pitcher, World Series champion Gary Gentry. You don't think about the World Series, you're there. As long as we're here, we might as well win, right? Gary Kuzman. And you watch two, three years down the line, everybody's pitching that way. It doesn't make it right. Nolan Ryan. When you get traded, I think it's that time. It's disappointing that you feel like mainly the organization that you came up with and you really feel a commitment and ownership to them, you probably get your feelings hurt a little. Chris Benson, who's a big student of the game and studied hitters and video. We're joined by Hall of Fame pitcher Phil Necro. Charlie Huff joining us. Rick Peterson joined us. I just want to act like a big market team in New York City. I don't need a $140 million payroll just to say we have it. I'm Matt Fad this morning. I'm joined by Steve Singer. What are your stuff with buddies? The last night, I, you know, because I'm in D.C., I get the Nationals uh, broadcast, and they were raving about Christina's hitting. No. So, uh, <laughs> Gene Anthony. When he had Wheeler the first yeah. game, 114 pitches, freaked me out. I don't know if Dusty Baker called him and said, hey, you want to ruin your pitching staff? Because um, I, I got a great plan. We had fire and wood, and I, and I virtually just killed him. Stephen Keene from Crane Pool Society. Come on, we're not, you know, I know the ownership thinks we're idiots. Now you're going to think we're idiots, and then you want to know what people can't stand. Nick Kalidas, what I want them to do is clear the whole outfield out. Just let it be, just be Duda. I want to see Duda in the center, but like ultra center, where he's just playing all three positions. And let him lead off. I want to see as much Duda as I possibly can. Gentlemen, gentlemen, how do you feel? (laughs) Welcome to Clinch Day, Clinch Day 2015. That's right. I swear to God, I I feel like I just opened six six dry cleaning uh, dry cleaning stores. Oh, oh. Oh God! It was the best of times. It was the best of times. Oh, uh, welcome to the Cult of Mets Personalities. My name is not Matt Faz, and it is uh, 9 a.m. on this wonderful clinch Saturday. Um, apparently, we are um, in wonderful position because we have a magic number of one, and at four o'clock this afternoon, we are going to uh, have a little fun, most likely, with the Mets playing in Cincinnati. So I'm joined by. Uh, Actually, I'm going to be joined by three of my esteemed uh, co-hosts here. I have uh, Gene Anthony, Dave Singer, and uh, the amazing Steve Keen with me. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I'm waiting for Gene to come back on the line. And I'm waiting for uh, Mr. Dave, I think. So, uh, Steve, I have you, though, right? Oh, yes, you do. There we go. And I, and I have Gene back, too. Look at this. Hey, Gene. Hey, when you we, told we me lost... Matt wasn't there, I just hung up. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 He's got a golf bachelor party to deal with, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when you went on Johnny Carson, it wasn't Ed mm-hmm. McMahon that you went to see. It was Johnny mm-hmm. Carson. And come on. <laughs> so Steve, Malik, back me up on this. I know. Listen, I had a bachelor party at a golf course last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, <I'm still> <laughs> and it was in Las Vegas. And I flew back right after. <laughs> oh, oh, my kids. goodness. These crazy uh, kids. <laughs> so if this is the Tonight Show, I guess I'm like the male Joan Rivers, right? <laughs> the show comes on, everyone gets depressed. <laughs> God, crap. <laughs> Nick something Rivers. About guys, something about guys named Matt who can't finish off the job, you know? It's like they have <laughs> oh. Oh. And now we got Logan Verrett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, that's you know that that's so fitting for 2015 baseball that we would clinch with Logan Verrett on the mound. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that say everything you need to know? Oh boy, uh, oh boy. It's true because there's no starter in baseball that can finish a game anymore. <laughs> yeah, anyway, you know, I'm sorry, Steve. You know, not mm-hmm. just finish your game, but you know, be a phony tough guy too. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost a lot of respect for that guy. I'm not oh, talking about that. You know, we all saw saw something like this coming, and and we talked about we yeah. thought it would be off the field partying that would do him in, but we all saw him coming like this. Unfortunately, you know, you're right. We've discussed this. You know, really. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's funny. I, I saw the um, I, I saw the the commercial uh, aspect of of Harvey, but I man, the the fake bravado. Is what I didn't expect. Maybe maybe I'm ignorant in that respect, but I just I didn't expect that from him. I don't think anybody. Yes. And I think what you know we saw when it all came out when David Wright grabbed him in the dugout and sat with him for four innings, and all Wright was doing was doing all the talking. I think he was trying <laughs> to explain the fact of life to him because this guy. I mean, I, I'm I'm so disappointed. I really am. I mean, I'm just hoping today that he just tells everybody, you know, screw off. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pinch the I'm going to pitch the clincher and I'm going to throw I'm, a nine inning complete game shutout today. Yeah, I'm, I'm going six today. You better back <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. You know what's amazing to me, right? So they're they're babying Harvey to this degree and. You know, realistically, all of these guys have some sort of a limit on them um, that they're basically not really talking about. So yesterday I'm having some dinner and I'm looking up the TV and I'm noticing Syndergaard's still in the game. (laughs) It's the eighth inning. And, I mean, isn't that kind of – I mean, how many innings did he have last year? I mean, are are there different rules for different pitchers on this team, essentially? And for what reason? It seems because of the the Tommy John surgery is what's holding back with 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 Harvey. I mean, Syndergaard's only pitched 143 mm. innings, but that's you know when you, you know this innings pitch thing is just it's ridiculous. The Syndergaard is six foot six, 240 pounds. He's a horse. Mm-hmm. Go out mm-hmm. there and pitch. I never saw players that worry about injury. Like, you know, if you're going to worry about the injury, you're going to get injured because you keep thinking mm-hmm. about it. You just go out there and do what you do. And Gary Cohn spoke about it a few nights ago 
when he said that there was some story he read and and they like they polled some players and they said would you rather have a like a three year career where you were dominant and you were like the guy on top and you were the best guy or would you rather have a ten year career where you were just you know mediocre but you made money and the majority of the players said they'd rather have the ten year career and make that kind of money and he said he goes that was kind of disturbing to him. It's to me. It's just a different mindset, because you even see it with with Met fans who, like guys my age who grew up sixties and seventies and watched mm-hmm. guys pitch two eighty three hundred innings, and the younger Met fan is like on board with Harvey saying, "No, you got to protect yourself. You got to be sure you're ready to make that big money." No one ever thought that. It was always you're there to win. What's what is the goal here? The goal is to win the World Series. Because you never, I mean, did they learn anything from the Nationals in Strasburg about and, and even the Yankees <clears throat> with Jabba Chamberlain? You can't. It doesn't work. <clears throat> Just go out and pitch. Do what you do. If if to me, if Harvey's healthy, if he says no, my arm feels great, my elbow mm-hmm. feels fine. Then what are we what are we discussing? Just go do your thing. You know, Steve, I heard that same thing being broadcast, that uh, the 10-year mediocre um, bit. And, you know, one thing I didn't understand is why they phrased it like that. Because the reality is that in MLB, you know, you get a pension, all sorts of other things once you're there for a certain period of time. So wouldn't it be the the better question, um, take that out of the equation? Because, I mean, look, everyone's going to want to be financially set, but... In Major League Baseball, you can be financially set being average for a long time. So most likely, you know, if these pitchers get, get hurt or get diminished, they still keep pitching. They just, they're just not great. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. most likely Harvey's arm is, won't be amputated <laughs> this offseason if he pitches a few extra innings. So, so you're, you're talking about a Dwight Gooden situation where, you know, he's overused maybe during a period of time. He's great for a couple of years, but then lingers for another for another eight or nine being good, just just decent, you know. And, you know, probably most pitchers would go for that rather than being a, a consistent, you know, average pitcher from beginning to end and maybe throwing a couple of extra years. So I think if they ask the same pitchers, would you rather be dominant for three, average for another six and then leave, or be average for 18, you know, they might choose the dominance. Because they still have the money, they just have the, the the success along with it. So I think it's kind of skewed. I mean, who wouldn't even from any generation? Who wouldn't choose, you know, two hundred million bucks <laughs> and uh, and security? You know, but that's I don't know if that necessarily correlates to them not being competitive. I think it's just no. just it's you know wild. It's who would turn away that kind of money? No, you won't. But the thing is, if you see that you're in a position to to win. You're in a position to do something that doesn't happen around here too often, and you're a part of this. And you can mm-hmm. be the guy. And you know, you you. And the thing is, you're the one who said you want to be known as the Dark Knight. You're the guy that's going to be the leader. You're the guy that's good. Well, now you have to step up because it's easy to say it when you're 30 games under 500 and just playing out the string. But now, when you're 30 games over 500, and now you're in a position. To where you can make it to the, you know, you can be in the World Series. You, if you won a World Championship, no one would be shocked if the Mets won the World Series this year. Mm-hmm. Now you have to, now you have to, you know, you talk the talk. Now you need to walk the walk. And I think that that's what has everybody annoyed with Harvey. This was not the time for all this to come out. This is, you know, and I think also if 
you really asked Met management and Alderson and the baseball guys, I don't think they ever thought they were winning the division this year. I think that this is not only this is kind of a shock to them being that the Nationals have been so bad. I think they were they knew they'd be competitive. They knew that they'd probably be in in the you know in the wild card hunt, but I don't think they ever thought they were going to win the division. Because if they did, you might as well have started Harvey in May and not April. But yeah, but Steve, you know what? Think about this though. If they were going to be in the wild card hunt, it would be even worse. Because yeah. now then we would need him to go eight <clears throat> innings and and really yeah. push it. So I mean, to me, it's you, just. If you didn't pitch him the first month of the season and had him start May, in May, so that's one month where he didn't pitch, where he just stayed in St. Lucie and just worked out, then you, you, the innings limit that you had said that was set, then you know that innings limit now will be coming up into the start of, of September when you could use Yeah, but we wouldn't be here. But, we wouldn't yeah, be here because remember well, that, that streak in the very beginning. That was a lot of that was Harvey. <laughs> well, that's the whole that amazing thing. streak we had. Mm-hmm. You know, it, plus it helps that the Nationals have just absolutely—they've uh, imploded. I, it's you, you when you look at, at all the preseason magazines and all the you know the, these analysts and everything when they were asked who's going to, everybody picked the Nationals to win the World Series. Everybody had the mm-hmm. Nationals winning a hundred games. <laughs> so you know. It, it, they they haven't come close to that. It's they, they, you know that's, they're a real mess, which is good for us, and that's what helped you know. And the Mets stepped up. They, we stepped up because Sandy Alderson saw that this, we have a shot here and went out and went for it and brought in the guys we needed. Mm-hmm. And you know now we're, where we are, and now it's like now you have to focus on we're going to be in the postseason. We're going to play the Dodgers in the first round. We got to get mm-hmm. through the Dodgers, and then second round is either going to be Cubs, Pirates, or Cardinals. And if we could beat them, it's probably going to be the Royals who will play, we'll play at the Worlds. That's how you got to look. Uh, <laughs> you know, we can't, can't worry about if a guy pitched too many innings, like his arm's going to explode. It's not going to. We just don't have proof of it. So, You know, at you least they should away. use logic. Just, just plain logic, man. Like, Gene, Gene now I want to fold you in, in on this. So, like, he, he's throwing against the Yankees. That The extra two innings, what is it, going to be 30 pitches? I mean, are we getting crazy here? I mean, is that was he taken out really to protect his health or to protect against Boris having a fit? I think his saying it before the game that he was only going to pitch, we knew he was only going to go five innings. That's what – and, of course, it backfires, right? Because if he had given up six or seven uh-huh. hits and threw 90 pitches, we would have been like, okay. But he throws, he's, he's got a one-hitter going, um, and he's just dominant. And then what happens with the bullpen just totally collapses. It makes it look worse. Um, this is Boris. This is this is all Boris. Boris gets in players' heads. People wind up firing Boris because it, it works against them very often, you know. And you know what you guys are talking about. You know the long-term major league player that may not be the Dwight Gooden you thought he'd be, and Dwight Gooden wasn't even Dwight Gooden, right? So mm-hmm. you you know AJ Burnett and Josh Beckett are good examples of guys that people thought were going to go on to super greatness and they had good careers and, and Burnett's still having a good career, but he's mm-hmm. not, he's not Randy Johnson type, you know, and, and you put that up against somebody like Josh Johnson, who does have on problems, probably better than both those guys put together. And he mm-hmm. can't get, he, he's getting multiple issues. So if you want evidence for both sides, you have it out there. It's just, you can't, it's like trying to, to, to put your postseason pitching rotation together in August when you don't know if you're going to make it. You can't plan out in sports. You can't plan out everything that far ahead in advance. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's frustrating to me with the Harvey situation because you had the John Roush 
confrontation where he said he was going to kick his ass. Maybe John Round should have punched him right in the head because you know <laughs> right. maybe maybe that was all false bravado too. And it was if he would have been you know if he would have been just a little bit laid back, like boy, I'd really like to pitch. But he almost pitted the fans against management and Terry Collins for not mm-hmm. letting him pitch. And that's the part where people and New Yorkers see right through it. There's no you know there's nothing here to say. Well, maybe he was. He really put himself out there. The interesting thing is we have so much backup pitching that he's not the most dominant pitcher on the staff at any point in this season. And when you think about what what they have behind him, um, that's that's the interesting part of this whole puzzle is theoretically, if he didn't pitch in the playoffs, you could say that they could still win against the Dodgers, right? So if you put – you know, it, th- those other guys would certainly have to step up, but the, the depth of this of of this pitching staff almost lends itself to saying, you know what, Harvey, why don't you take the playoffs off? But they're not going to do that, and that wouldn't be smart. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. The, the issue that I have here is that you know, whenever they judge how long a pitcher is going to go in a game, when they're trying to be overly conservative, they they say, well, he'll go 100 pitches, or he'll go 90 pitches, or, or whatever it might be. Um, you know, Santana theoretically was ruined by going 130 or whatever the hell he did during that no-hitter. Um, but yet, when they're dealing with Harvey, it's he's going five innings. You know, it doesn't matter if he throws 140 pitches maybe over five innings like or, or 77. Uh, it do, it, the, there's no consistency to the concept. You know, I mean, it's been talked about ad nauseum everywhere where – there's no medical um, backing for any of this. But at the very least, if you're going to have these crazy um, arbitrary concepts that you're going to apply, be consistent, you know, or else it's, it's, then it's completely nuts. I mean, when, he, when they said five innings, did they think it was going to be 77 pitches? Really? I don't know. I mean, but you know what, used to throw it, 100 it, over five. It, it, yeah, and you know what's interesting, Steve, you talked about back in the day, and if you look at even Dwight Gooden's, Numbers in in, in in 85, I mean, you'll just shake. Teams don't even have that many complete games. But you don't need to go back that far. Go to Bumgarner last year, what he did in the World Series. It, yeah. what, there's, it's last year. You think that that was good for his arm? It might have been. You, but, you know, last year you had a guy that did this. Well, that's the thing. You you know, this doesn't come along all the time when you're in a position to to win like this. So you can't worry about what's going to happen two years, three years down the road. It's like you're going to go for it now. You've got to try to win now. Like you said, Baumgartner pitches, uh, uh, starts a game, and then two days later he's like, I'm in the bullpen, whatever you need. And without Madison Baumgartner, the Giants don't, they don't win the World Series last year. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, with Harvey, you know, and I think Alderson said it too. He, You know, you could tell his frustration with Harvey because he said, He's not a kid. He's a grown man. He's 25 years old. He needs to have people telling him what to do. And it's feel, it, when, you, when you hear him talk, it's like he's programmed by Scott Boris. And I don't know, maybe his father is involved in this too. It's kind of like a Nargy 3 kind of thing where the father gets involved yeah. in it. It's like, you know, it, you, you, you pitch for the New York Mets. You don't pitch for Scott Boris or, or your father or your mother or your sisters. You pitch for the New York Mets. You're, you, 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 this is where you should be. I mean, you have the third baseman who has this back ailment. This is not even a, it's it's a it's a this problem that he has with his back. It's chronic, and he's going to be with them his, the rest of his life. He doesn't even speak about it. He just goes out and plays. You know, it's like yeah. you know 
when, when you look at all the guys on this team, Curtis Granderson has played every game. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's banged up, he's hurting, but he's still out there playing. You know, Duda comes back from injury, fights to get back in. Dono the same way. You see players on your team. You see how these guys are fighting to get in here to play. And you can't just sit back and talk about, well, you know, my innings and I got to worry about uh, what goes. You, you forget. No, not, I don't understand where, people, where he thinks that, like, some $300 million payday is his right. Just, if you just pitch, go out and pitch. Do what you're supposed to do. You'll make money. He'll, you know, this guy's not going to be, you know, selling pencils on the street corner. He's going to make money. But if you're going to put the money ahead of the winning, then you know what? You need to go somewhere else. And I think that this is what's going to happen. I think that they've sit down with this guy and say, listen, here's the deal. We're going to the postseason. What, what, what are you going to do? If you're, in the, if you're pitching, it's the seventh inning, and you're in control of this game, and you're cruising by, and we're, we're going to win. If you stay in this game, we'll win. Are you going to come and tell Terry Collins I need to come out, or are you going to finish the game? I need to know now because this way I need to know if you're, if you're either with us or you're without us because if you're not going to commit to giving me everything you have in the postseason, well, then you might as well go home because I have well, that brings up a good point. I mean, that brings up a good point. And, and, and Nick, you know, can you start mm-hmm. Harvey game one knowing that he, he, he may not be able to get you out of the sixth or seventh inning and, and you know, you'll tax the bullpen on the first day. I mean, would you Honestly, start him yeah. on game one? Honestly, what I would do is I'd sit him down in the office and I would ask him point blank, you know, are, how long are you pitching? And yeah. that's gonna that's gonna determine what I do with him because if he, if he'll give mm-hmm. me seven, if he and when I say seven, I guess what I mean is is pitch count. Screw it. I mean if he's got eighty pitches and he's rolling along, I don't want him out in the seventh inning. <laughs> you know, I, I, it would be a certain pitch count. Hell well, we're yeah. in the postseason. There's no pitch counts. Forget about pitch. That's how you got to look at it. We're on in the well, postseason. We are we are now on the drive to get to the World Series to win the World's Championship. There's no pitch counts. Okay, you got to go well, out there and you got to do your job. You know what, honestly, Steve, I, when when you look back at like the '69 Mets, you know, and you look at those games, you know, you didn't have that many complete games going on then either. You know, all of a sudden there was it was more of a team effort. So I don't have any problem using the pen a little bit, but but the I think because I mean, look, Kershaw is not play, pitching a complete game most likely, and neither is Granke. And if he can give you seven, then. You know, fine, beautiful, we'll win. Honestly, it, it's and, and this is what is I guess grading me about this whole thing a little bit. And again, I don't mean to imply I'm not thrilled with where we are today, but we, first of all, we would be what would we be like a half game out of um, home field if Harvey pitched 30 more pitches that day. And you're talking about game one um, if Harvey chooses to pitch. X amount of innings. I mean, the fact that some guy is basically dictating whether we're going to have a good shot of winning or not is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He's under contract, right. you know, and and the reality is, look, none of us want his arm to fall off or him, his, no. him to be diminished. But where was he all freaking year when he was complaining about being taken out of games and everything? And That's, it's yeah. yeah it's just I mean, you know, hold me back. That doesn't want to be held back. I mean, exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. You know, hold me back, hold me back, and then you let him go, and he says, "Wait, you forgot to hold me back." You know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I'm I, I'm not saying just make him pitch to keep him pitching, but you have to you say as long as you're as long as you're effective, as long as you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to the bullpen unless I need to, unless I have to, because uh, you know, if 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 you can if he can get to seven innings, 
and then I can go to from Clipper to Familia. That's that's mm-hmm. fine. That's what I want. That's 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 terrific. But if you're in the seventh inning and you're pitching a shutout, a three hit shutout, and you're you're fine, you feel strong, and you're still throwing ninety seven, ninety eight miles an hour. You got to go out mm-hmm. for the eighth inning. Okay, bring Familia in because I mean, he's one of the top closers. So I'm not. I'm. I'm. It, it works to plan. But it can't get the. You can't tell me. Well, when it's the fifth inning and I've thrown ninety pitches, you know, you got to take me out. Well, then that's crazy. Why? Why are you here? Because now if mm-hmm. I have to go to the bullpen for six to nine, I, I'm in trouble. I'm in. You know. And it's like you're. Then you're telling me that you're not committed. Now, as much as we don't care for John Neese a lot of times around here, I'm pretty sure that if you tell John Neese you're staying on, the, John Neese is going to battle his way through it. And you know, this is what <laughs> the difference is. We well, want him to leave. Right? <laughs> well, that's, no, that's the thing. But it's like you know, this is what this is what got me really riled up about that Yankee game that that right. he was taken out of. CC Sabathia was pitching for the Yankees. Sabathia is on two knees that need to be replaced. He needs knee replacement. This guy, he's been he's been ineffective most of the season. But you know what? He knew his team needed to win that game that night. They needed to keep winning. And he got went out there, and he just kept pitching and pitching and pitching. He showed this is what a major league pitcher, this is what a, a winning pitcher does. And he stayed out there as long as he could. And, you know, his hobby after five innings, 77 pitches, and he's, you know, sitting down. And that just drove me nuts because it's like, could you have just gone out and pitched the sixth? Because then at least I have seven, eight, nine. I have my back mm-hmm. end of the bullpen. I have that set. You only pitched 77 pitches. You're a 240-pound you're workhorse. You shouldn't be coming out of this game unless you're telling me your arm is hurting. If you're telling me I feel something in my forearm, I feel something in my elbow, well, then I've got to shut you down. But you're not telling me that. And that's the part, I think, that gets everybody crazy about this whole situation. Yeah, but he's being disingenuous all the time, so who knows? I mean, and, well, and you know yeah. what? And, and I think that's the issue. If he's hurt and not saying anything, that's just as bad. I mean, yeah. oh, hell. You know, it's collectively, I'll tell you, though, it's they've done a wonderful job neutering this guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, the guy was all ego, and the ego yeah. is necessary to perform how, in the way that he performed. And they just it, collectively, be it, you know, Boris's statements and be it the fact that Alderson um, wasn't uh, taking control of this early enough. Because honestly, this should have been some. Some of this should have been anticipated. I mean, Scott well, Boris he, is, is who he is. I mean, we everyone knew, like he, this innings limit, this, this 180, yeah. but playoffs don't count. Bit. What, what, what was the odds that that Boris was going to be fine with that? I mean, slim. I mean, the guy <laughs> Harvey hasn't pitched well, in two years. What, you know? why, <laughs> it's why, crazy. Why, the thing is, too, is why is he even being heard from? What other agent do you ever hear from? You know, he's not Harvey's not the first guy to get Tommy John surgery. Other pitchers have gotten Tommy John surgery, and we haven't heard. We don't even know who their agents are. All we know is they sit with the team and they work something out. That's what yeah. should have been done. Right? That's what should have been done. You sit down and say, okay, listen, we're getting towards where we think, you know, what are we going to do? And and it's up to Matt Harvey. It's not up to Scott. Scott Bart. Scott Barnes has nothing to say in this. First of all, I don't understand why players even need an agent anymore today. They can go in with their own stats and show the owner what, they, what they've done. All you need really is a lawyer to look over the contract to make sure everything is legal and go over it with you. I, I, don't, understand, I don't know what Scott Barnes' function is other than to take like 3 or 5% of whatever Matt Harvey makes. I mean, what, to get him these stupid commercials that he makes, that he's, you know, Qualcomm and Axe Shampoo you know, and stuff. making it easy. 
Exactly, but he's not making any <laughs> from that <office>. hog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, look, I mean, when it comes down to it, I understand protecting his arm. I just um, I just think that if we get home field um, that we might be unstoppable. And the thought that we could lose it by a game, a game, you know, game or two, and knowing that Harvey is walking out of these games early for – and honestly, you can make a strong argument, I think, that, that he's doing himself a detriment as far as his health is concerned to pitch – five innings and literally not even 100 pitches, you know, and then have these big breaks and then all of a sudden go into the postseason and start throwing eight, eight innings, you know, 110 pitches, try to get through something. Isn't that worse? I mean, I've heard, I think I've heard, what, 20 ex-major league players say exactly that, that it's like that's the one thing you don't want to do with your arm. Like, you want consistency. Yeah, you want to, you, you want to be able to... I mean, starting pitchers have routines, and you want to stay in that routine. And you got to hope, you know, that after all this, that he sits sits down and he, you know, I don't know. They said Leo Mazzoni was on WFAN last week, and he was like just almost jumping through the radio about these pitch yeah, counts and these that. inning limits. Yeah, and he's like, you know, well, are you out of your mind? I mean, this guy is one of the top pitchers in baseball. You got to just be out there pitching. Like I'm look, I'm with you, Nick. If as long as this guy's healthy, if he comes if if they ask him, How do you are you okay? And he says, Listen, I feel great. You got a pitch. I mean, does does do they need to go and send him for an M R I on the elbow to show that it's it's still functional before, you know, they let him go. I don't understand. It's like it, this has become more of a story and more difficult than it should be. Well I just want to And it's interesting you think it, Go ahead, go ahead, Gene. Go ahead. No, I mean, it's interesting, too, Steve, because this is not a team that needs him to throw three postseason games in a, in a, in a, in a long series because they have enough depth. They need yeah. him to throw, you know, one game in the first series, possibly two in the second series, but not three, you know, if they go that far. And it's it's they have the depth. This from, I'll tell you what. This this really reminds me of Beltran stuff, and this is what used to drive me crazy mm-hmm. about Beltran, is mentioning you know I'm 78 percent, and <laughs> when when a guy like when they had a, a deficiency in the outfield and they didn't have a guy to back him up, he'd say you know what I just can't go out there. But if they had a guy to back him up, he always wanted to go in, and then he would rub his you know. And I know mm-hmm. he put up numbers, and I know people disagree with me, but this is the same type of crap where you're like, which guy are we getting? Are you the tough guy? that's going to work through it, you banged your head against, you know, Cameron and you came back, or are you going to be the guy that says, I'm 65.2% ready to play? And I, I can't – it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts as a fan. Well, you know, the other thing that I can't stand is the fact of the burden that he's putting on the other pitchers. Because if you think of it, some of these guys are having these giant innings leaps, and, you know, their arms are being jeopardized. I mean, the, Syndergaard is the only one that doesn't have a repaired arm. Everybody else, they're more than one year away from Tommy John. But if you think of it, you have a lot of repaired elbows that are jumping, what, 50 innings this year, 60? I mean, and it's because Harvey's not gradually and, and quietly pushing him, himself forward. I mean, if you think of it, we got, look, we got lucky because the Nationals completely tanked for, for whatever reason this week. Um, but in theory, you know, Harvey, by, by not throwing the extra pitches – jeopardized um, DeGrom having to go deep into a game this week. 
to try to make sure that we got through this <laughs> and we didn't collapse. You know, like he, he jeopardized the 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 ability of to, for the team to rest the other starters. How's that going to flow but you know, in the locker room? Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know we've no, both no, no, we've all said about the Nationals kind of imploding. But this team has won 87 games. They have an eight and a half game lead. They're going to win 92. You know, it just, we're just happy that the last three games of the season aren't going to mean anything. But if they meant mm-hmm. something, I would be just as confident with this team against Washington's best team. So the team is, you know, if you look at this entire season, there were no long losing streaks. There were a bunch of mm-hmm. six to seven game winning streaks. I mean, they've played really well. Um, Steve, if, if if the Nationals would have played their best baseball, how would this have, sh- you know, shaken up or shaken out? If the Nationals played up to their what everybody thought they would, it would be a, really a lot closer than it is. So where the Mets, where they where they made their their mark is against teams of the uh, teams under 500. They beat all those teams. I mean, teams they were supposed to beat, they destroyed. But the teams that you know, I mean, they've had they struggled against the Cubs this year, struggled against the Pirates this year, struggled against the Cardinals. That's the you know they when the big part was when they went out to the West Coast and we all thought they were going to get destroyed when they were going to play the Dodgers and the Giants mm-hmm. and they ended up winning those series. And I think yeah. you know it started to to go from there. And then you know, it, it, well remember there was parts of the season where John Mayberry Jr. was batting third and Eric Campbell was batting cleanup and we were you know banging our heads against the wall, screaming at Sandy Alderson, what are you doing? You've got to get some players in here. And it made Terry Collins a bit of a sympathetic figure because if those are all you have to play with, you know. And then they finally brought up Conforto, which everybody said bring him up, and the kid has shown that he is definitely a major league player. But then when he finally made the moves and brought in two guys, in Uribe and Kelly Johnson, who have won World Series, especially Uribe, that changed a lot of things. And then the Cespedes trade just, you know, that's when you knew uh, we're going for it. And from the time when they got Cespedes, I was like, you know, no matter what happens this year, at least they showed me they're going for it. They're all in. And now here we are. We're going to, you know, hopefully by the end of the day today, we will be the Eastern Division champions and moving on to the playoffs. So there's a lot of different turning points in the season. But they all the, the teams, the second division teams, the Mets just feasted on them. It's mm-hmm. the teams that were over 500 that, you know, they they – 24 and 35 against teams that are better had 500 or better records, and that's also kind of where the Nationals fell off too. They couldn't beat better teams too. So, well, I, uh, I mean, if you look at the what they did, the Mets did against the East. They just kicked the East's ass, and and there are yeah. lower level teams, but they also did, like you said, really good against the West. It was the Central that hurt them. Luckily, you know, but they were 11 games over 500 or so, something like that against the West. They they really yeah. did good against the West. So, you know, they did more than um, – and, and, you know, that's the old adage in baseball. You have to beat those teams that need to be beaten. And they were sweeping those teams. They weren't just taking two or three. No, yeah, mm-hmm. they were just they, – they were dominating. And then yeah. the other was like the last two months of the season, they became road warriors. Every time they go on the road, they were winning on the road. They were doing better on the road than they were at home. And earlier in the year, they were doing much better at home than the road. So, I it's listen, you know, I'm, I'm, there's, there's no team out there. There's no super team out there. There's, everybody has their flaws. And like I said, if, if the Mets were to win the World Series, it, would, it wouldn't be like 1969. This wouldn't be like, you know, the shock. It would – 
you know, they, they we, we all we've talked about for the last two years, two three seasons has been this pitching staff. Well, now the pitching staff is here. We've seen the pitching staff dominate, and then we've seen that we've we have the bats. And to give Sandy Alderson credit, he's always looked to said he goes, we need to add power. Well, at every position on this team is a guy who can hit a home run. So mm-hmm. we have power. So that's why they're never out of a game. We've seen how many of these come from behind victories so far this season, where they're down 6-1, 7-1. And you know what? You know they're not out of a game because at the time Cespedes was was uh, was so hot that no matter what, you knew. You said, well, this guy gets up with two guys on base. It's a three-run homer. And he was hitting home runs. Duda started hitting home runs. Curtis Grandison has had a fantastic season. He's hit, he hit, hitting home runs. Murphy. Uh, Will, Murphy. Murphy hitting. He's hit more home runs than he's hit in his career this season. You know, and been Flores hitting home runs. Yeah, even Tejada hitting some home runs. The guys are hitting home runs. It's like you have every guy. And Conforto has has hit with some power. We've seen that. And he hits with power to the opposite field, which is you know, Keith Hernandez just gushes over this this kid. He just loves watching him play. So I mean, it, I'm not worried. You know, I'm not worried about any. You know, if you say, you know, you would say, oh, wait, we're going to play the Cardinals. Like they're going to sweep. They're going to sweep us. But we're going to be right there with them. Even the Pirates. The Pirates probably scare me more than anybody. I said, we, you know, I said, I'm not bring them on, bring these teams on. I mean, you know, we, they, 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 I think the other teams are going to start worrying. They're going to say, oh man, if this guy Harvey's going to, you know, go balls out and pitch in the in the postseason, and I got to go through Harvey, Syndergaard, and Degrom, man, it's like, and then I, then then they got the kid lefty Max. I'm not catching a break. I'm not You're not catching a break. You got to hope you get to them early. You want to get to that Met bullpen, but you don't want to get to the back end of the bullpen. You don't want to get to, to Clippin and Familia. Uh, you want to you want to get to Hansel Robles and and Verrett and, and and God forbid Eric O'Flaherty. I mean, that's <laughs> I find out <laughs> when we're done. Then you know we're finished. <laughs> uh, you know what's what's wild? I always hear people talk about how we lost to the Cubs and Pirates and everything, but I mean that was Mayberry's Mets. That wasn't the. Yeah. I don't think these guys really. I mean, for, for the, this team never got a shot against those, those um, central teams, and I don't get this whole concept of well, the Mets couldn't play with them. Look at the roster of the Cardinals. Look at the roster of the Cubs too. I think we can play with them. Are you kidding me? I think we're better. I think we're better. Now teams. we are. Now we're just as good. Hell you yeah. know, in '88, in '88, we dominated the Dodgers. I think they beat them like ten out of eleven times. And then the Dodgers beat us in the in the in the, in the uh, NLCS. So it you know the regular season just it's really just throw it out the window. But I haven't seen this much parity um, in in how much you know the the other playoff teams. Like usually you could say, man, I, I'd like to play Dodgers, but I don't want to see the, the Cardinals. There, every team, it, I I can't predict who's going to win the East or who's going to win the National League. Because yeah. every team could win it legitimately, even the the two wild card teams. I mean, this is the the year of. I would never bet on baseball to begin with, but this is certainly a year I wouldn't bet on baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can make a, you know what? you can make a, a case for all these mm-hmm. teams that, that could win it, and you know, and and we're one of them. <laughs> that's that's the <laughs> that's the great part. We're one of them. I mean, you know, we're, we're the favorites, man. We get home field. I, yeah. How do we not win? Yeah. How do we not win with this pitching? The only way to I me, tell you, the only way we don't win is is Harvey decides not to pitch. Or Harvey's just a bed. Yeah, well I I <laughs> no, listen, I, right. I think I, I think he will. I think that he you know, I think that he's seen and I think that his teammates have gotten to him and told listen, you gotta stop with this, you know, 
this is look where we are, man. We're like we're right there. And I think that he's gonna, you know, he. I think he's just gonna go out and say, "Listen, I'll got. I got to do what I need to do here to help this team win." And I just gotta go out and pitch. I, I really do. I think because even like when they asked uh, uh, Collins last night, you know, well, what's what's the inning count? What's the pitch count? And he goes, "I don't." He goes, "We don't." He goes, "There is none. We don't know." It's like he's try. He's tired. You could tell Collins has really been. I mean, this is guy who he's been baseball like fifty years. And yeah. he's never seen anything like this. And you can tell how pissed off he is about all this. But to his credit, he keeps sticking up for Harvey. He got it. He has his back. He keeps sticking up for the guy. But you could tell that you know he doesn't he doesn't understand all this pitching pitch limits and pitch counts and all this shit. You could see that it just this, this doesn't really compute with him, and it doesn't compute with a lot of fans. I think a lot of younger fans though side with Harvey. It's it's kind of strange. I, I see, like, say, you know, there's some of these guys on people on Twitter who there's some of them that just added, added. It gets to the point where I just shut it off because of the stupidity. But, you know, I think there's like a generation gap here or something. Because if there you grew is. up in a certain, if you grew up in a certain era, it was just do your job. That's it. But <laughs> now this younger generation is like they, you know, they have to be pampered and taken care of. It's kind of sickening. It's also the way they can they're conditioned. I mean, and it seems like like these guys aren't brought up here with the um, ability to close their own games, so they don't even think that way. Which honestly, yeah. I, that's like the, the killer instinct is, is taken away from these players, and that's so, theoretically that's supposed to be their one of their best attributes. Um, you know, so every you know really when you think of it, every major league player gets neutered <laughs> before they come up here. It's <laughs> just the the degree to which they'll allow it to happen. It's. Uh, Really, uh, well, you know, really awful. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. also social media. It's also the way that the games are played now. Everything is second guessed, and so if you do have a bullpen, if you do have guys in there, everybody's wondering, well, why did you let him pitch the ninth when you had a closer, a good closer? So, and and everything gets blown up. Nothing gets, nothing slips through the cracks. Nothing has to wait till the next day's print in the in the afternoon. It's all right then and there that you know this guy doesn't know how to manage. And that doesn't help. That doesn't help a manager these days. So I don't no, think it's just. I don't think it's just you know coddling the kids. It's also second guessing of 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 every situation in baseball while it's happening. Well, it was funny when it was about a week ago when Collins puts out a lineup, but all mostly all right-handed, and he has Tejada leading off, and Twitter is just exploding that you know he's an idiot. He's this. He knows he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. Game starts. Tahada leads off with a double. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, where is it? Where are all the where's all the critics now? I mean, you're gonna criticize the guy at three thirty in the afternoon when you see the lineup, and then the guy who who's leading off in Tahada gets leads off with a double, uh, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, maybe he's not as dumb as you think he is. Maybe there's something. Maybe they know something. Maybe they run they run their numbers and they get and they see that there's a that that he can. That he can lead off in this game. I mean, you know, the, sometimes you got to, you know, just sit back and let the let, let it play out a little bit. Well, you know, the Flores example is is the clearest one of social media. I mean, the fans they know you're traded before the manager. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a mess. <laughs> Guys on and that's the, and, 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 and fans that's the best people. part of the season. That's a turning yeah. point in the season. Really. <laughs> <laughs> that we thought was going to be the biggest crush, and it's going back as the most inspirational part of the season. Go figure. 
Man, well, how, you know, how did Sandy luck out? <laughs> In yeah. all seriousness, he, he was gonna make the he was gonna make the wrong move. I, I mean, I know that I, I was just absolutely freaked out when I heard about the Gomez trade. I, I hated that, and he, everything just sort of fell right for him. I, I hated what they gave up, and you know, the, the, here's the ironic thing with with the, the whole trade. That whole trade. Here you have a guy in Flores who's in tears because he's leaving the Mets. The guy doesn't want to leave. He's in tears. You have Zach Wheeler who's rehabbing from the Tommy John, calling Alderson, pleading with them, please don't trade me. I don't want to leave here. I want to stay here. When did we? How? You know, that's how, when did that happen before? Where you have two guys that have like you know don't want to leave. No, I want to stay here. This is where I want to be. Tells you, you know, that's kind of what got me too with with Harvey with his whole. Crap! Here's Zach Wheeler. He's rehabbing, pleading. Please don't trade me. I want to be part of this. And here's Flores, who's been with the Mets since he's 16 years old. Guy's breaking down in tears because he's like, you know, I don't want to leave. These, this is my family. These are my friends. I don't want to leave this team. And then I got this guy telling me about, well, you know, 100. We we have an innings thing, and I got to worry about down the road. I'm like, you know, can you fall in line with the other two guys and the rest of this team? All these guys, you know, Uribe comes in and changes the whole atmosphere at our clubhouse. And everybody said that this guy, you know, he's changed that whole atmosphere in there and, and brought the team closer. And, you know, a guy like Harvey's kind of when, – sometimes when, you, when you're watching, like, you know, after a home run, and, you know, sometimes Harvey looks like the one guy, like it's like the 24 and then there's Harvey. And I think well, you that know, he, Yeah, yeah Syndergaard, remember Syndergaard's home run? He had that – and that wasn't – they caught him. He had a look like, what is this kid doing in my house? Yeah. Yeah. And and that wasn't fake. That was that was real Harvey. That that was disturbing. And then you see when you see pictures of Degrom. Degrom is always on that that top step when he's not. He's always up there and he's smiling. He's happy. He's happy to be here. And when somebody gets a hit, he's the first guy jumping up and high fiving everybody. So you know he's not sitting in the back of the of the of the dugout, sitting on top of the you know of of the of the seats. He's always every time you see him, you can't miss him. I mean, with the hair and everything, but he's always up on that top step, leaning on the thing, clapping. And and I'll give Nice that too. Nice is the same way. Nice is always up there too. You know, these guys are, are they're into this. They know that they have that they could do something special here. Also, these young guys have won at the minor league level with the Mets. You know, last year Binghamton won the championship in the Eastern League. They've won in Las Vegas. Last year, Las Vegas went to the championship game. So, and in St. Lucie, they've they've won. These guys now are used to winning. They're they're coming up winning, and they want to continue that at the major league level. And um, I, I would, I and it was just you know something to see when when all that stuff happened with with Harvey when he was coming from the bullpen and and Wright was walking out. Wright wouldn't even look at him. And he kind of looked back at right, like, you know, what's this? You're giving me the, the cold shoulder. And then during the game, they focus in on, on right sitting with Harvey for about four innings. And Harvey not saying a thing, but you could see that right was, was demonstrative in what he was trying to tell him. He was, he was you know, this was the captain of the team telling him, listen, you know, you've got to be on. Look, look at it. We're all, we're all in. We're all in on this. You know, you've got to be all in. If you're not all in, you've got to go home. And I think that's the message he told him. Either you're in or you're out. You got to decide what you want to do. Well, you know, honestly, 
what I want to know is, uh, have you guys used DraftKings recently? <laughs> no. I'm Isn't that what baseball is mean, all about now? <laughs> it's, it's about DraftKings, Viagra, and beer. Uh, you know how hard it God. is to sit watching a game with your teenage daughter next year, and the first commercial is Viagra, <laughs> then it's DraftKings, <laughs> and then it's beer. And she's like, you know, is this, like, is this, is this what men are all about? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, at least it's not the blowhole uh, cancer commercials where you're like, oh, man. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, now you got the other guy who's, who's you know dying of coughing while he's got the oxygen on and everything. It's like, yeah, okay, we get it. Smoking is bad for you. Yes, we got, we get it. I uh, got it. It's it's funny. I don't know how they get all that money to be able to put those things on the air in general. All of it. I mean, it's just it's wild to me. It really, really is. Um, anyway, um, man. It, it's funny. You look for stuff to uh, to talk about when when we're in this position, but you know we we haven't been in this position before. I'm not even sure how to kind of. God, it's been so long since we were since we were a team that you could actually reasonably argue could uh, could win. I mean, let me let me ask you guys. Um, what do you? How important do you really think home field is going to be in this Dodger series coming up? I I think it's I think it's super important because of the West coast component. And so theoretically, if the first two games are in California, you got to fly out to California and then fly back. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, the Dodgers aren't going to be flying out there. So you're going to get both ends of it. If you can start at home, it's going to be a bigger deal. And, you know, they talk about the shadows and things like that. I think the teams are going to be amped up, but the first two games with the first two pitchers are going to be the most important. And, you know, that their starting staff after those first two guys, they're vulnerable. They're not like what we have. So if you can get one of those guys or both of those guys maybe in, in, in city to start, that's, that, that's a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. I think home field is more an advantage for the Mets than it is for the Dodgers, because mm-hmm. I think this is, we're going to see city field, you know, try to become Shea stadium. It's going to be packed. It's going to be loud, and it's it's going to be relentless. The fans, you know, everybody. This is what everybody's been waiting for, and I think that that's that's going to be a factor with the Dodgers, especially if the Dodgers, if some of these, especially like if Kershaw or Granke, who have been fantastic all season, if they start to get into a little trouble, and the that Dodger bullpen is not exactly you know lights out. If we can get to that bullpen and especially if they're down, say if Cespedes hits a home run, it's just going to set the place off. I, I think home field is very big. I think it's, I think it's more of an advantage for the Mets than for the Dodgers. Which makes it interesting because now what do you do down the stretch? You know, those games against the Nationals could determine home field advantage. Do you go for it? I mean, I know you don't stretch out your guys, but you, you can't, you can't take your, you've got to take that into consideration. You got to wonder too what what kind of uh, mindset of the Nationals, and I'm pretty sure the last place the Nationals want to be is in City Field for those last three games. And I mean, they've you know I, I don't know what they do because I mean they've shown they have no no guts and no heart all season. So <laughs> I don't you know what 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 how do they show up here? What what kind of mindset are they in? Do they do they want to just come in here? I would think they just want to come in here and get the hell out. So it, it might not be as difficult a task you know, beating them two out of the three when they come in here. Even with, you know, if you even even with the Eric Campbells and, and uh, Kirk Neuenheis is playing. 
You know what? Honestly, I mean, the Dodgers are going to have the same kind of situation where they they're going to want to um, you know rest certain people and everything else. I, that's why I'm I'm as upset as I am about Harvey not throwing that extra thirty pitches because, I mean, one game might decide it, and it you know gives us a little bit more opportunity not to push quite so hard. Because, again, if, if you um, if you push these guys really, really strenuously to try to get that home field, we're going to negate or possibly negate the reason for having it. I mean, we need to have them strong. So we want to have them strong and at home, <laughs> you know. And um, and I think, honestly, that I think it's huge. I think I don't think the Dodgers have a shot in hell of beating us if they're playing here. Because they, I mean, they have they have two weapons. The whole team has basically two weapons. So, if we are neutralizing them and bringing them here, I mean, good luck. <laughs> Anything can happen in baseball. But I just I can't see them beating us if they're if they're coming here. They have a big four game series against the Giants coming up, and I and I know that the Giants won't lay down uh, no. on on them whatsoever. They they'll, yeah. they'll take that. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a big four game series. I mean, I mean the Harvey game against the Yankees too. Let's remember that score was one nothing. It wasn't like it was five nothing, where we wanted to put the nail in the coffin. So, you know, that was a frustrating game. And you probably talked about Harvey over his last four starts, not going innings. But that game wasn't a short thing, by any means. But the tone definitely changed when they took him out. Well, I think, yeah, that, yeah, I mean, it, it was. It was, you know, when he came out of that game, it just it just took the air out of the whole game. It took the air out of the ballpark. It was like, and I said, I'm watching this, and I'm looking at, I'm I'm watching uh, CC Sabathia on two two bad legs, just you know, gutting it out to win that game, knowing that the Yankees need to win the game. They need to win the series and win the game. They needed it, and this guy did it. He stepped up, and that that that, that bothered me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. So, so what are you guys doing tonight? How are you enjoying this? Viagra and beer. Yeah. Make my make my picks. Make my football picks. Have a couple of beers. Pop a Viagra. <laughs> a couple of Viagras. Pop a beer. It's the American way. <laughs> It's like a new game every day. <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, I have I have a um, I have a nephew that's 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 um, with me now. He's he came to college up in in my area, so he's eighteen, and and it reminds me of I was sixteen in eighty six. So he's finally seeing a complete Mets team, and he's every game. I mean, those games that they came back when they were down six to one. He goes, I've never seen anything like this. So for him. I'm I'm getting a kick out of watching him watch the '86 Mets, and and that that's essentially what this is. There's an '86 Mets dimension. They haven't had a, a, a balance on this team. Not saying they're going to go to the World Series, but they have lefty righty combinations of hitting. They have strong starting pitching. They have a strong bullpen. The one thing this team does not have that might bite us in the butt is a lefty specialist for Gonzalez and and those guys, but. Other than that, I mean, this is a this is a 1986 type team uh, with a better pitching staff. You know, uh, I, I I definitely agree with you. Um, my one thought, and and this is the the debate, is whether whether they'll leave Dylan G off the postseason roster. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dylan G, he's been the forgotten man, but I'm sure he'll get a he'll get a little bit of a World Series uh, money when when they when they win. He'll get a I ring. Wonder, they, they hate him. 
I, will he get a ring? They, they hate this yeah, guy. It's wild, man. Because he, well, he's, I don't know if you've noticed, on Twitter he keeps trying to reach out to the team <laughs> and make himself known. And it's, I mean, it's wild. I don't understand, not like I'm a G fan or anything, but I'm not quite sure, don't understand why he's not up here. Like, what 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 happened there? What, what are we missing? Because he, he didn't have a do, terrible do, year in AAA. To do what? To do what? What do you want him here for? Well, we well you know, well, think of it this way. We, we, have, we yeah. have a bag of crap. We don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, think of it this way, man. Spot starter. Spot starter. Well, like, you know. Barrett. I mean, Barrett. I guess. I mean, I mean, Dylan G, is he's about finished. I mean, he's... Next year he's either going to be like a Long Island Duck or a Somerset Patriot. He's not. He's done. But we, we do have like. I mean, but we have O'Flaherty in the pen though. Like like he's well, really. <laughs> we don't have but like we have somebody better than O'Flaherty that we're paying anyway. You know. Like, what's yeah. The no, point? Well, O'Flaherty, we're not even paying him that much. I mean, he's, <laughs> he, he, you you won't see him again. He's 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 had it. I mean, you know, you know who's going to be in the bullpen? It's probably going to be Cologne. Cologne in the bullpen. Because I, I don't think in the first round, I don't think that Nice is going to be on the roster. Yeah, nor, nor should he be. I understand that. But it's just, it's yeah, just, to I me, it's, it's wild. Well, you know, just, you know every, what? Every, at the very least, let, every, let G be here when they clinch. You know, yeah, every, even Oakland brought up Barry Zito for, for a week. <laughs> just out of, just, you know, I uh, thank you for, for taking bullets for a couple of years. Yeah, but they're out of it. So, I mean, you know, if the Mets are out of it, yeah, you could have a, Dylan G. Farewell Tour, if you want. We have to get used to this now. It's been a while since we've we've won, so we have to start putting a different mindset. We can't, you know, we're not playing out the string here anymore. We're, you know, we're, we we have to, you know, put we have to pick the best twenty five guys we have and go go to war here. That's you know. This is what I've been saying down the stretch. It was driving me crazy when Collins was putting up these different lineups. I'm like, put your eight best guys out there every night, clinch this thing. Then I don't care who plays, you know. Let's just clinch this, you know, clinch this. Because you know the whole, that last homestand was a total disaster. I mean, losing to the Braves, especially that Freddie Freeman. It's like, you know, when he comes up, I would just tell him, you know, hit him in the ribs. Put one in his ribs. Put him on first base and let's keep moving. Let's go on. Because it's like this guy just kills us. It's like I would even pitch to him. Well, they said they gentlemen, said, throw one at the barrel of the bat and see what he does. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God, Je- gentlemen, um, it- it's time to go enjoy this day and uh, and have a little little fun. Any any last words before we are uh, officially crowned the best team in the National League East? Well. I know Modell's has the T-shirts already. It was it was leaked out on Twitter the other day. So as soon as the game is over, I'll be headed to the local Modell's to pick up my Eastern Division champion because I still have the one from 2006. But I'll add this one to the collection. And I'll just say this about the season. It's great when you're at work and you look at the clock and it's like 4 o'clock and you can't wait to go home because the Met game is on at 7. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, Jade, Jade, we did it. Or they did it. <laughs> hey. Well, you know, and I think I picked the 25th of September back in the day when we were saying what day do we think that they're going to clinch. So I was hoping it was going to be last night and I was going to win the lottery because you said there was money involved, right? 
Or no. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, there uh, absolutely was. It was a million-dollar prize. You know, sometimes it's as stressful to watch when they're winning as when they're almost winning because, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs this year, but this team has won a lot, um, and they've kept – you know, the one thing that that we've seen is that when they've lost a heartbreaker or a backbreaker, they come back and do really well. And then they go, you know, this last homestand, like Steve said, they totally surprise you with just crapping out when they could have driven the nail in the coffin. And you're sitting there going, oh, man, we'll go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati hits, and they take the first two games. And, mm-hmm. and Baltimore sweeps the Nationals. So, you know, we got some help, but we also helped ourselves. And that's that's been a great part of this season. <sighs> Feels good, doesn't it, guys? Well, I, I, I'll I'll toot my horn here a little bit on November twenty fourth. On November twenty fifth, I said the Knicks are going to win the National League East. It's on Twitter. So if anybody looks to my Twitter account, which is at Cranepool, you'll see my tweet up there from November twenty fifth, twenty fourteen, where I said the New York Mets will win the East Division of the NL in twenty fifteen. I said that on Halloween. <laughs> oh man! Go to my personal journal, my personal journal, and it said it right there. As I dressed up like a clown, I said the Mets will win. I think I said that. <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> good stuff, okay. guys. Good stuff. All right, gentlemen. Have a have a great uh, great night. Enjoy it. 